What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Revelation um, chapter 1, please. Revelation chapter 1. Two weeks ago, I challenged the church. Um, I said, hey, I want you to meditate on, your homework is, meditate on chapter 21 and chapter 22. So, as a show of hands, I won't do it, I won't do it. We are finally at the end of the book of Revelation, and we are in heaven now, guys. And, and, and I'm glad it's ending there because that's where we need to stay. It's where we're called to stay. And the reason why I gave you the homework of meditate on 21 and 22 and read it and reread it and sit on it and let it sit in you and, and just kind of dwell in those realities is because when those things are in you, it changes how you move. It changes how you live. It changes your mindset. We sing the song, better is one day in your courts than a thousands elsewhere, but how much are we dwelling in his courts? Focusing on what does that song really mean? Revelation 1.3, this is what it says. It says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And by the way, I've read every chapter in the book so far, and so I'm blessed. Thank you for listening to me as I read it out loud. <laughs> blessed are those who hear. That's you guys. If you missed a couple Sundays, you're not blessed. I'm just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm joking, I'm joking. Take it easy. That's why you need to come here. And those who keep what's written in it. You might want to highlight that passage. This is why Jesus was always saying, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And sometimes we hear, but we're not listening. Thank you, Colleen, for not saying amen. Sometimes she's like, hey. And she's like, I'm right here, and I'm at work. Right? It's just totally wrong. Anyway, so... Keep what's written. Do I keep what's written? Keep, keep. What is keep? Listen, I don't keep things that are worthless. I don't keep things that are worthless. Things that are important to me, I will keep. I will treasure. In fact, Psalm 119, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart. Another translation, which I like better, I've treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Because God's word is important to me, man, I want to keep it. I want to keep it. I want to hold on to it. And if I do that, this scripture says, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed if you, keep the, if you hear, read, and keep the book of Revelation. Now, let's go to the end of the book, Revelation 22, verse 7. 22, 7. Revelation 22, 7, and behold, I'm coming soon. Hallelujah, by the way. Notice in 1, 3, I didn't read it, but it also says, for the time is near. Now he's saying it again. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who what? Keeps. There it is again. 
The prophecy of what book? The book of Revelation. Wow. So twice in Scripture, in the beginning and at the end, Jesus, Jesus is saying, if you keep, keep, keep the words of this book, you are going to be blessed. Listen, God wants to bless you because he loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to be blessed. You are blessed and highly favored. You are the head and not the tail. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. And he wants you to live a life that is blessed. That is blessed. See, we're blessed as we read through the book of Revelation, chapter 1, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 19, Those chapters describe God. Jesus in chapter 1 and 19, the resurrected Lord, right? Eyes of fire, right? Coming back in 19, right? And so to see him for who he really is. We're about to celebrate Christmas. Listen, that's not who he is anymore. He's not a little baby in a manger. He is risen. He is alive. And when people see him, ooh. Fear, reverence, bow down as if they're dead. Not only do we have one in 19, but we also have chapter four and five. Chapter four, that's Father God. Chapter five is the lamb that was slain and also the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when you get a glimpse into the throne room, Revelation four and five, what do you see going on? Worship, bowing down casting our crowns. You alone are worthy. Worthy is the lamb. And so when we see that, when we see God, man, and we keep that in front of us, man, we are blessed. We are blessed. But not only are we blessed because we get a glimpse of who our God is, his greatness, his glory, his majesty, but also we get to see what's going on in heaven. And every time we see in heaven what is going on, worship, 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 singing, singing, giving him praise. Now think about this for a second. When I know that that's happening, but Jesus said this, he said, may your kingdom come where? On earth. Well, what's happening in the kingdom of heaven? Worship. So what should I bring to earth? Worship. So wherever I go, I worship. I worship. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. The inbreaking of the kingdom of God happens when I come in worshiping. Jesus, right? God sits enthroned on the praises of Israel. That's what his word declares. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so worshiping. In fact, John 4, he's seeking worshipers, Jesus said. My father's seeking worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. And so we get to see worship and say, okay, I want that to happen on earth just like it's in heaven. So it helps me to get my perspective right. Now, listen, church, when was the last time you sat in your room, you shut it all down, and you turned on worship? And you just closed your eyes, and you just gave him what is due his name. Most of us, right? And as I say this, listen, 
I've probably got more time worshiping in the car than I, than I do with my eyes closed. Worshiping in the car is good. Don't stop doing it. Keep doing it. But you guys know what I'm talking about. And the car is kind of an afterthought because we got to go somewhere. Rather than it being a central theme of my life. And we're blessed if we keep, if we keep worshiping just like they do in heaven. We also saw the judgments in the book of Revelation. And by the way, I'm, I'm really happy to be out of the judgments. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in heaven. Okay. It's been a long time coming. But to know judgment is going to come on those who will not bow down to Jesus. That should give us a fear. That should give us a reverence. That should give us a love and a passion when we understand the judgments and the justice of God that he's going to make everything right. Some of you have not gotten the justice you deserve. It's going to come one day. It's going to come one day. And when you know what people are going to get, there should break in you and me a compassion because you know what they're going to face. That's why staying in the wrath of God and the justice of God and the judgments of God is so important for us that we have a right mindset when it comes to things on this earth. But I think one of the greatest ways we can keep these words is by focusing on heaven, which is why your homework this week and next week and the next week is meditating on Revelation 21 and 22. Really spending time in it. Do you realize that Scripture refers to heaven 500 times? Over 500 times, the Bible talks about heaven. Next week, when we talk about the new heaven and the new earth coming, coming, do you know that that was talked about in Isaiah? That it was prophesied about? And so God, God, he has plans. Over 500 times, why would it be in there so much if it's something that we just don't need to think about? Oh, that's going to happen. Don't worry about that now. We need to live in the here and the now. In fact, we hear things like, you're so heavenly minded that you're not earthly good. And I just want to push back on that. No, 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 no. Listen, you're blessed if you focus on Revelation 21 and 22. You're going to be blessed. You're going to come out of depression. You're going to come out of anxiety. You're going to come out of fear. You're going to come out of getting even. You're going to come out of a lot of things if your mind is in heavenly things. In fact, you will become earthly good if you really truly understand what heaven is, what it entails, and what it's supposed to be like. Because I can't bring heaven to earth if I don't realize what's going on there. And so it's going to help me with my attachments that I have. You know why Jesus was so dangerous? Because he wasn't attached to anything on this earth. I love it in John 14. I think it's verse 30. The enemy's coming for me, but he has nothing to grab. He has nothing in me to grab. 
And we're going to look at Jesus' life today and how he moved in the world. Why? Because his mindset wasn't on this earth. It was on something else. And this brings freedom to us as the people of God. Christian, you and I were not called to walk bound by things. We're, We're sojourners, we're aliens, and we're pilgrims. For the believer, this focus on heaven needs to be the cry and the joy of our heart, the longing of our heart. And so let me ask you, how much this past week did you daydream about heaven? Again, I was convicted myself. I, had, I was cheating because I knew I'm preaching on this. So, you know, I'm not as feeling as much conviction as some of you. Some of you didn't even think about heaven. You're so consumed with this. But man, just sitting before the Lord... Opening up his word, God, I want to dream about my homeland. I want to dream about my country. I want to dream about where I belong. I want to sit with you. I want to be overwhelmed with that. I was telling the first service that um, I remember I liked this girl as a young single for like two years. I realized she's not the one. We are on different planets. What do you want to do with your life? Oh, I want to go swim with the dolphins and check, please. (laughs) I'm going one way. She's going another way. We're completely on different levels, completely different spiritually, just not even on the same planet. And I sat back and I'm like, man, I wasted two years of daydreaming and thinking about something or someone that wasn't even... Now, how can I tell this story? Because my wife did the same thing with another guy. Anyway. It's a true story. But aren't you glad you didn't get that guy? Come on, baby! No mind has seen. No ear has heard. No I can comprehend on what God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. The Queen Colleen. Heaven on earth. All right. So again, here's the question. How much last week did I spend meditating on heaven and what it's going to be like in my home? As I was preparing yesterday for the sermon, and I'm trying to focus in, my mind's drifting. Friends of ours who have a restaurant called uh, Taylor's Farmhouse, if you haven't gone, please go. They, they said, hey, Chris and, and Colleen, we get to have this gift card for you. We want you to come out and have dinner. Okay. Well, at Taylor's Farmhouse, they have one of my favorite meals. It's called the Kicked Up macaroni and cheese. It's so good. Now, as I'm in heaven, macaroni and cheese is calling. 
And it's like it kept coming, and I'm like spending an hour, two hours, and I'm in the Word. I got my Bible open, but here comes that mac and cheese. Here comes that mac and cheese. Here comes that mac and cheese. Anyway, I had it last night. It was so good, but it, I want it again tonight, okay? You know why? Because it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. And listen, I don't want to ruin Thanksgiving for you, but some of you are already there with the cranberry sauce and the pumpkin pie and the fried turkey that's not going to be dry. You've already got it planned out. And I don't want to ruin it for you, by the way, but. We all deal with this. We all struggle with this because it's our flesh. It cries out for things that are temporal. We, we, we are marketed. We are bombarded by things that you need this. You got to have this. Once you get this, it's going to satisfy you. It's going to bring you joy. It's going to bring you peace. And then we begin to see what other people are doing or have. And we say, man, if I just had that, then I would be happy. And then the covetousness comes in, which is idolatry because covetousness says, God, you're not giving me what I deserve. It's idolatry. I want a different God. You're not satisfying me. Wow. If I could just get this. And we waste so much of our life. I I have. You have. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Romans 8.1. But guys, listen, stop it. Time to get your mind right. Jeremy, if you could play this clip for me. Let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now, imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on Earth. You've got a few short years here on Earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh, man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get to travel. Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about that? What about all this stuff? It's just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. 
See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb. It's a powerful clip, yeah, powerful, but it really, really puts things in perspective for us. See, that's a guy that's dwelling on heavenly things. That's a guy that set his mind on things above. And, and, and by the way, set your mind on things above. Let's go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Listen, <clears throat> I want you to understand something. We are in a building right now, which is Urban Youth Impact. It was founded by Bill Hobbs, who spoke last week, did a phenomenal job. But when Bill was in the detention center and he saw all the kids that happened to be coming from Tamron Avenue, he said to himself, which really was the Lord working through him, I need to reach those kids on Tamron who a lot of times are fatherless. I need to reach them before they go to the juvenile justice center. I want to reach them before they make choices that will destroy their life. What is that? That is the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. God, may your will be done. May your kingdom come because there's no fatherless in heaven. There's no orphans in heaven. There's no pain and sorrow in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no mourning in heaven. And a lot of times when young people are acting out and are angry and are mad, it's because my father's alive, but he doesn't pursue me. Well, how can I bring heaven to that situation? And how can I walk them through forgiveness? How can I ask the presence of God to come upon their little heart so the tears are wiped away so that the mourning is gone. And so they're whole and they begin to bless their dad and forgive their dad. And then we see Malachi 4 happen, that God turns the hearts of the father towards the children. And the children towards the fathers. That's heavenly. That's why Urban Youth Impact exists. Because it's a heavenly concept it's coming to earth. Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ. This is for Christians. Seek the things that are above. You might want to highlight that. What's above? Revelation 21 and 22. Revelation 1, Revelation 4, Revelation 5, Revelation 19, Revelation, like, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Again, the question is, 
how much of my time and attention during the week is set on seeking things above? Verse 2, this is how you set your mind on things above. Verse 2, set your mind, or excuse me, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. That's how you do it. So listen, setting your mind on things that are on the earth. Stop it, okay? Just stop, all right? God's not mad, but quit doing it. (laughs) It's his word. So many people are so overwhelmed with sorrow, sadness, because they don't have this, they don't have that, they don't have that, and a long list is earthly things that, at the end of the day, do not satisfy. Christ alone satisfies. And I want to set my mind on things that are above. Now, I want you to keep your place here, and I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8, because not only is this place where one scripture where it talks about setting your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth, Colossians 3, 2, but it's in other places. And we're going to come back to Colossians 3 again, but I want you to go to Romans 5, or excuse me, Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 5. Now, while you're going to Romans 8, verse 5, here's another one, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. It talks about capturing every thought. And making it captive, making it obey Christ, making it obey Christ, capture every thought. Yeah, every thought. See, that is a mind that has been disciplined, that has been trained, that has been renewed in the word of God that understands when I begin to set my affection, my mind on things of this earth, I'm actually sinning against God. Colossians 3, 2. Do not, do not set your mind on the things of this earth. And so God is not a God of the do nots. Let me say that again. God's not a God of the do nots. He's a God of the do. He wants you to do things that are different than the rest of the world. People believe Christianity is a bunch of you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this. That's the enemy. That's a mind that's not trained on the word of God. No, Christianity is a book that is about the doing of the kingdom of God. You get to do this. You get to do this. You get to do this. You get to experience this. You get to walk in the heavenlies and experience the kingdom of God because it's good, his good pleasure to give you that. Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh... Flesh, what does that mean? That means like things of this world, like macaroni and cheese, stuffing and gravy, that new Tesla that somebody's going to buy me. I mean, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, so, so whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is, and even things that are given to us to be enjoyed can become fleshly. Right? Can become can become fleshly, meaning my marriage is really, really good with my wife, and it is a good thing because it's not good for a man to be alone, but my marriage can become idolatry if I begin to put my wife over Jesus. If we say to God, I'll be happy when I'm married, 
Again, we're trafficking in something very, very fleshly and carnal. And your mindset needs to change today. And so those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, that's capital S. They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is what? Life and peace. God's will is for you to walk with life and peace all the time. How do you do that? Focused on the Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? It's not a very, Christianity is not complicated. It's very simple. The issue is Christians, including myself, we don't want to obey what has been written. That's the problem. The problem's not the Bible. The problem's not Jesus. The problem's not the church. The problem's you and me. It's like, we don't want to do that. The mind that's set on the spirit is life and peace. The mind, verse 7, that's set on the flesh is hostile. To God. Hostile. Hostile. For it does not submit to God's law. If I want something more than I want God, I have a hostile mind towards God. And the outcome of that, verse 8, I can never please God. I can never please God. I can never please God. Jesus in John 8 says this, I always do the things that please my father. Why? Because his heart was undivided, wholly given to God. He thought the thoughts of God. He focused on the word. When temptation came, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. I really want this bread. I haven't eaten in 40 days. What do you want, Father? Oh, man does not live on bread alone, but by every what? Word that comes from the mouth of God. Only your word can truly satisfy me, God. I believe that. I don't believe this bread's going to do it. I want you to turn over a few places, please, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So here we go again with this same uh, type of a focus for us. And this is, it's a, this is a very simple concept, guys. This is like not deep theology. It's very, very basic. The kingdom, right, to be, like Jesus says, if you want to, to, to enter the kingdom of God, you need to repent and be like children. Children believe. Children depend. You know, you, you see kids believing in Santa Claus. Like they go to bed. Like I remember when I was little, okay? And look, I don't want to get in debate right now about Santa Claus, okay? Just stay with me, please. But I remember, I'm going to stay awake tonight, and I'm just going to, I'm going to wait for Santa. And I leave my door cracked as a little kid, looking out there. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then my mom will come wake me up, and there would be presents. Oh, I missed him this year. And in my little four-year-old heart, ah, and then the next year, I'm going to stay up all night, I'm going to catch Santa tonight. Like, listen, church. Are we like that with heaven? We're like that with macaroni and cheese. 
Verse 12. This is how we worship, by the way. This is how we worship. It says, do not be conformed to this world. The world says you need this. What do you say, God? The world says if I get this, I'll be happy. What do you say, God? But be what? Transformed. That Greek word is metamorphosis. That is the word that's used when an ugly caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. Transformed. You and I can become transformed by what? Renewing our mind. So that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Christian, listen to me. This is an amazing promise. You will never, ever miss the will of God in your life, ever, if you renew your mind with the word of God. You'll never miss his will. Your dad loves you more than you love yourself. I know that's hard to believe. But he does. And as a good dad, he's not going to let you miss his will for your life. So just renew and focus in. Let's go back to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. So again, these questions are not complicated. They're very simple, but they're life transforming. How much of your time and energy is set on earthly things? Because it says, Colossians 3, 2, don't do that. Don't do that. Set it on things above. Verse 3, why? For you have died. Say, I'm dead. Yeah. Your baptism, when you were baptized, and if you haven't been baptized, come see me, all right? You need to get baptized. Jesus said to, but it doesn't save you. But anyway, that's not for this message. What baptism is, it's a funeral. It is saying, hey, I'm going under the water. That is the grave, just like Jesus went into the grave. And when I come out of the water, that is going to be where I'm walking in the newness of life, the resurrected life of Christ. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in Jesus. And so when I die, I die. I want to stay dead. I don't want to come back. We're dead. And our life is hidden with Christ and God. And verse 4, when Christ, who is your life? Christ is your life now. in Christian, Christ is your life. When he appears, you may also appear with him in glory. So, so put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then it's going to describe what is earthly or fleshly. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And we went through the wrath of God, Revelation 6, all the way through. In these you two once walked, meaning if you are in Christ now, you can no longer walk in these things that are listed. This is why prayer partners are up here, by the way, because there, there may be some of you that are convicted by this and you're like, man, I need to go get prayer for this. And that's OK. We want you to come. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But Jesus wants you to be real. So are these things 
named among you. Verse 8, you must. Is that an optional word right there, Christian? You must put them all away. Anger? I've got anger issues. Hey, listen. Listen. (laughs) You're going to have anger issues if you try to manage your anger and you keep calling it your anger. But if you say, God, I'm angry at this person, but I give it to you because your anger was satisfied on the cross. And who am I to hold anything against anybody? And so I release that anger to you. I'm not going to get on a management anger program. Don't do that. You're at the wrong church. Oh, come, little anger. Let me manage you for the rest of my life. Away in a manger. Anyway, I'm, listen, anger management is not of God. You don't, man- anger, you don't manage anger. You mangle it. You give it to Jesus. And you say, Jesus, as I release it to you, I ask you, Prince of Peace, to come and dwell in me and heal me. Heal me of my hurts. Heal me of my pains. Now, there's a righteous anger. Zeal for his house consumes me. Sometimes you're like, Chris, you're getting a little extra. I know could be a righteous anger. I hope it is. I'm not mad at anybody here, by the way. So you're like, this guy yells so much. I'm not trying to yell because I'm mad at you. I just want you to die. (laughs) So that you can find life. And sometimes I get passionate about that. All right, verse 8. Put it all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. And by the way, that new self has already been listed in Colossians 1.27, which says, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The only hope I have is Christ in me, and that is my new self. Christ in you know, I hear young people, they're like, hey, bro, check, check, check my drip, check my drip. So if some of you don't know what drip is, because I don't think they understood that joke in the first service. <laughs> when someone is saying, check my drip, they're saying, check out my outfit, doesn't it look good? Okay? Check my drip. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> Listen, the only thing I care to drip is Christ. That's it. That's it. If I get pushed, if I get moved, I want Christ to come out, not Chris to come out. He must increase. I must what? Christ is my life now because I'm dead. I've died and my life is now hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3. So I don't set my mind on things of this earth. I don't want to do that. My mind is set on him. He's my life. He's my life. He's my life. And when he appears, when he appears, wow, it's going to be amazing. And that is where my hope is. My hope is in Revelation 21 and 22. And this is how you and I just walk differently, guys. We become otherworldly. We become a little weird, but a good, a good weird. 
a good weird. Because things don't bother us like they bother the rest of the world. Oh, gas, gas, gas. Oh, wait, wait. Do all things without complaining. Philippians 2.14. Hey, God, you know what? It's your money. It ain't my money. So if you want to waste your money on this gas, that's, I'm not even worried about it. Doesn't bother me. So I can whistle and worship while I'm pumping gas. Can I get a witness? So my mind is being, verse 10, it's being renewed, renewed. There's that word again, renewed, renewed, renewed. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed, but be transformed by what? The renewing, renewing, renewing of your mind. After what? The image of its creator, which is Christ. So you and I, we're being renewed to the image of Jesus. Romans 8 says that we are predestined, predestined predestined to be transformed to the image of Christ. We are called to be like Jesus, to look like Jesus in every way. We're being renewed. And here, here, verse 11, there's not Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all and in all. This is why I don't have any racial reconciliation issues because I don't look at people like that. I see them in Christ. I don't, I don't move like everybody else in the world because my Bible transforms and informs my thought process. That's why I believe there's one race. So it doesn't even make sense, racial reconciliation, when there's one race. Anyway, I don't have time for that. Help me, Lord. We are called aliens. We are called pilgrims. We are called sojourners. In the New Testament, this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Jeremy, if you could go ahead and play this movie clip from back in the day. I'm dating myself. This came out when I was a little kid. So listen, that's a perfect clip for us as believers. If you miss the movie, it's not very good. It used to be good back in the day, but anyway. Special effects, not very good. Anyway, this alien, his heart was burning for what? Home. I phone home, I phone home, I phone home, I phone home. And our mindset in Christ, this world, it's not our home, guys. Because we've made it our home, because we think that this thing, this stuff's going to satisfy, we live for the red of the rope like Francis Chan was saying. And it's vanity. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. And not only that, when you read Revelation 21, it says that the old earth is dissolved and gone. Everything you're working so hard for is going to disappear and come to nothing. But what is eternal? What is eternal? It's Revelation 21 and 22. 
I want you to turn to Hebrews 11, please. Preparing his sermon. So he's jumping around, shouting, thank you, God, yeah, God, yeah, God. And then all of a sudden, God's quiet, still voice said, hey, Ray, sweet baby Ray. That's where the barbecue sauce came from. Anyway, (laughs) I've given you so many precious promises in my word. And when was the last time you jumped, you shouted, you did a hallelujah with me? That's man's word. What if that guy loses his life, loses his business, what he spoke? I'm going to give you 30000 for a bus. Didn't come to pass. Man, how many of us have had promises broken by man? Yeah. So we don't put our hope in that. But man, how much of us have rejoiced more from a promise of man than from the promise of God's word? This is why, guys, we've got to get our mind right. This is why Paul was so dangerous. In Philippians, he says, I'm a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20, I'm a citizen of heaven. He had already checked out of Rome. He had checked out of all that. I'm a citizen of heaven. And here, Hebrews 11, 13. This is the hall of faith, guys. How'd they end up in the hall of faith? It's because they had checked out. They had decided, hey, this world isn't my home. Let's read it. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. You and I are not promised to receive the things we want. But are we going to die in faith? I'm waiting on you, Jesus. My hope is in you, Jesus. But having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for people who speak thus, make it clear, they are seeking a homeland. You might want to put Revelation 21, 22 above that. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, and by the way, Christian, you've been brought out of that, you've been brought out of Egypt... They would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. Revelation 21 and 22, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Revelation was not given. Revelation 21, 22 was not given to Abraham. He didn't have the text we have. We're at an unfair advantage con- compared to Abraham. We can really, really see what it's going to be like in Revelation 21 and 22. I want to close by looking at Jesus's life real quick. We're going to do a drive-by, okay? Jesus lived with an eternal heavenly perspective on earth. How do I know that? Because when they tried to make him king, he he hid and he didn't let him. When Jesus was tempted, actually, I want you to to see this. Go ahead and turn to Revelation 21.10. Because this is what you're going to be meditating on this week. And I want you to put Luke 4, 5 through 8 above it. All right. And I, trust me, the lane, the, 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 the lane is planning. The plan 
The plane is landing, okay? So Revelation 21.10, this is really, really cool. This came to me while I was sitting in the text, meditating on it. Revelation 21.10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. As I sat there, I'm like, wow, that language sounds very familiar. And then I remembered the temptation of Jesus. And I want you to put Luke 4, 5 through 8 above Revelation 21, 10, because you can go on your own time. But it says the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. So, wow. Christ was being tempted by the enemy by being shown all the kingdoms. But here in Revelation 21, 10, this kingdom's coming. Do you know why Christ, one of the reasons why he overcame the temptation of the enemy? Because he was fixed on 21.10. His mind says what? Hey, no, I'm not going to go for this because my mind is here. He was heavenly minded. When he was facing persecution and Pilate had the opportunity and the power to kill him, he responds back by saying, my kingdom is not of this world. And if you and I are going to make it through persecution that will probably come in our lifetime, guess what? Are we focused on heavenly things like Jesus? My kingdom's not of this world. You can kill me if you want to, but this is where everything is for me. Let me tell you, if you want to be ready for persecution... You better start meditating on the book of Revelation because this place isn't our home. It's not our home. We see with Jesus. Jesus' disciples were sad in John 14. And he says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you that when it's ready, I'm going to come and get you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. Jesus was giving them an antidote for overcoming their troubled spirit by focusing on the reality that Revelation 21 and 22 is going to come, so don't be troubled. It's Jesus. That's his teaching. This is what he teaches us to do. In fact, Matthew 5, 12, it says, when people talk smack about you, my translation, They persecute you. They say all kinds of evil about you. You rejoice because your reward is great where? So even to overcome persecution and trials and all the haters can keep on hating because I'm a citizen somewhere else. Jesus gave us these teachings so that we can overcome. And How many of us are so depressed, so down, so downcast? Because our minds are just at the wrong place. They're at the wrong place. And I just want to say as lovingly as I can, church, it's time to shift. And it's time to obey Jesus. Focus on heavenly things. Focus on what is going to come. We are aliens, pilgrims, and sojourners. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Everything that I have, everything that I am, I am all in on the kingdom of God. I want to seek that first. In Christ, you are my life. And when you appear, when you appear, then and only then will I be truly satisfied and filled.
Worship team, come on up, please. Jesus says this in Luke 12, 34. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 5, 12, where's our treasure? In heaven, when we get persecuted. It's in heaven. Revelation 21, 22, where's our treasure? It's heaven. Christ, my treasure And so if my treasure's in heaven, our hearts, our hearts should be set on heaven and heavenly things as well. And so as we close, guys, let's go ahead and, and, and bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We just acknowledge, God, we haven't set our mind on, on things above like we should have. We come to the cross and we say, we're sorry, Father. Please forgive us. And we ask that we would begin as your disciples to set our mind on the things of the Spirit so that we can walk in the abundant life that you've called us to walk in. We renounce a way of life that sets its mind on earthly things. We renounce that now in Jesus' name. And we put that off. And we just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will set our mind on you and experience life and experience peace. We want to be all in for your kingdom, God. We want it to be the first priority of our life. And we just do that now. And God, as we take communion today as well, may we never forget your body that was broken for us and your blood that was shed for us so that we could have union with you so that we could walk in this new covenant with you, so that you put your spirit in us so that we could become your sons and daughters. May we take communion in a holy manner, celebrating and remembering what you have done and help us from this day forward to live heavenly minded so that we can be earthly good need you, God, to do in us what we cannot do in ourself. We ask you would, you would come and move now while we shift our focus on you and worship you, giving you what you deserve. May heaven come. May heaven come now as we sing, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.